For so many modern-driven women, life is about being more than one thing. We're multidimensional, and so are our conversations. We carry multiple identities. We can be both mother and artist, both attorney and entrepreneur, both clinician and CEO, both humble and proud. Life for women like us is about both, about all of the above. It's about the and. Our stories are the stories of so many of you. We wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present with our families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. And we wanted to establish financial security for ourselves and our children. For us, that looked like founding software companies, but for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other smart, conscious women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow an online business that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And you're listening to the And She Spoke podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Marvelous. Marvelous helps you build and grow your own courses, memberships, and live streamed programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. If you're looking for a simple, beautiful, custom branded platform to build and grow your online business, you can learn more at heymarvelous.com. Welcome to the Angie Spoke Podcast. Today we interviewed Gloria Chow from Gloria Chow PR. So for those of you who are struggling with marketing, struggling getting the word out about what you are doing, this interview is going to be incredibly important and relevant. Gloria is an award-winning small business PR expert and pitch writer who teaches early stage founders how to hack their own PR with her proprietary three-step CPR pitching method. This method has helped thousands of bootstrapped small businesses get over a combined 1 billion organic views in top tier outlets such as New York Times, Vogue, Fast Company, Forbes, and many others. She is a former U.S. diplomat that never worked in PR or had any industry contacts. Gloria's mission is to make PR more accessible so that all founders can learn how to get traction and build credibility without hiring an agency to do it for them. Listen, we have been there. We have hired the agency with very lackluster results. So this conversation with Gloria was incredibly helpful, incredibly timely for us. And I know that you will have some ideas after listening as well. So enjoy the interview with Gloria Chow. Well, welcome Gloria to the podcast. We're so happy to have you. Yay. Hi. (laughs) Welcome. Gloria, I just, I'm sure that everyone who interviews you starts off with this question, but it's so fascinating your background as a former TV producer and a U.S. diplomat, like, and now you're in PR. So can you just please tell us how all that could possibly fit together? If anyone's thinking about changing their careers, like this episode is for you. You know what I mean? (laughs) So I've always wanted to do communications, right? So whether it was media or writing speeches for the ambassador. So after a life in the bureaucracy, you know, I obviously loved international relations. I grew up in a bicultural household. Um, I realized that Although it was nice to work in international relations, bureaucracy just wasn't for me. And so at age 30, kind of had like a quarter slash midlife crisis, gave up my pension, left the diplomatic service, surrendered my diplomatic passport and moved home to kind of start over. And I wanted to work in PR, but 
no PR firms would hire me because they all wanted someone with very specific agency experience, which I didn't have. And so I think I probably applied to like a thousand jobs. I couldn't get a single one. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make my own thing. And that's kind of how I came about doing what I do now, which is using the methods from cold calling that you're not going to get anywhere else. And so far, I don't really see many people doing PR this way. So... Yeah. But why did you want to work in PR? Like what was the appeal? I love to see people win, honestly. And I just, I love to elevate the stories of people. And so being a natural extrovert and a generalist, I felt like it was really easy for me to tie points of relevance. So if someone had a product launch or someone had a company, what was the most digestible part of it? How can you make like some software that was really technical? How do you relate that to like a mass audience would understand? I think that's really my zone of genius. And Mm -hmm. so naturally I kind of fell into that. So what were you doing in the foreign service that is in any way related? Like how did those skills translate? So I was doing a myriad of things, right? So I would visit U.S. fugitives abroad, right? In prisons. I did a lot of consular work. So a lot of like visas and passports. And I also from time to time got to write speeches for government officials. And we also did different scripts for like videos and promotion of videos. That was probably the most fun thing for me. Unfortunately, it was just a very small part of what I did. Mm -hmm. Gloria, what did you study in school that led you into kind of the diplomatic world? I always studied international development. So uh, undergrad, I studied international development. And then in grad school, I studied political science and I actually got a full ride to my grad school. And so it was a pre-selection into the diplomatic corps. So I basically, they pay for my grad school. And then as a promise, I had to enter into the foreign service. And so I did my three years. And then after that duty was fulfilled, I decided that it was now or never for me to change course. Mm -hmm. Did you ever consider the CIA? Honestly, no, it seems a little too like stressful for me. And everyone (laughs) who I say that I was a diplomat, like you're in the CIA. I'm like, well, if I was, I'd be getting paid a lot more than I was. So (laughs) interesting. Maybe I couldn't tell you about it. Yeah, exactly. I have to kill you. (laughs) So funny. Yeah, I have a similar, not the same story, but a similar kind of story to you. And I was always considering the CIA. And yeah, anyway, so I think it's so funny that people like us end up in this kind of entrepreneur space at all is like such a weird transition, because I feel like most people who are coming into entrepreneurship and starting their own business or their own agency are coming from a corporate environment. So I think that maps really well. Gloria, what kind of businesses do you typically work with in your PR work? You know, when I first started doing PR, you know, as a regular consultant, I was mainly focused on startups. So whether it's B2B, B2C, mostly SaaS software, taking something that is not so sexy, like a software, whether it's payroll or benefits, and then putting that into like a new story that's relevant, right? And so I ended up just getting a lot of success, getting these startups into every single publication, speaking gigs. And then when COVID hit, I lost like 60 grand worth of retainer for the rest of the year. This was March of 2020. And then I decided I didn't really love working with quote unquote startup bros anymore. I really wanted to work with diverse audiences. So female founders, like first generation founders, first generation immigrants. And so in a way, it was kind of a blessing in disguise that I lost everything in March and I kind of had to pivot. And now my audience is over 90% of my paid customers in my program are women of color. And I have a Facebook group full of female founders. And I think for the first time in my life, I am doing work that's truly aligned with who I am. Wow. That's amazing. It's so good to hear because we are your people. Like you're talking to the exact audience that I think you want to reach here. So (laughs) can you first talk about like, I'm so fascinated by PR, cold calling without experience. 
to go into that, I need to hear more about the like decision process to be like, I'm going to go into PR and like the rejection from the PR firms that didn't want you to hire you because you didn't have specific experience. How did you navigate that? I think my whole life has just been like, I just take all the rejections. I eat it for breakfast and then something beautiful comes out, but it didn't feel great to be honest, because I went from going to dinner parties and it's like, what do you do? It's like, oh, I'm a diplomat. And now it's like, what do you do? Well, you know, I'm a full-time dog mom and I live at home. So that ego crushing part of like having to refine myself didn't feel great, but boy, am I glad I did it because if I were to go straight into a PR firm and kind of did things in that way and relied on like the regular playbook, if you will, it would have been a very different outcome. And so because I don't have any contacts, I didn't go into PR with knowing any journalists, right? I don't know any publicists. I had to literally pick up the phone and Google New York Times newsroom from the operator. And I had to work on my elevator pitch so much so that the next person would stay on the phone with me for two seconds longer and then five seconds longer Mm -hmm. and with email. And after picking up patterns of all the times I got rejected and what worked, I was able to come up with my three-step CPR pitching method that no one else has, because I don't know if anyone has, maybe they have, but like, I probably cold call like thousands of newsrooms at this point. Hmm. And you're like, cold calling is like completely neutral to you. It's not like it would just, you know, send chills of fear through most people. And how do you feel about it? I think it's the one thing that we need to teach our next generation mm-hmm. is just literally put them. I'll never forget. And I think I get it from my mom. I'll never forget. I think I was like six or eight and it was like a swimming class. And so we all had to line up on the diving board and jump off into the water. And I was scared because not only did I not know how to dive, I barely knew how to swim. And so I kept going to the back of the line and I kept going to the back of the line because I was really scared. And my mom saw me and this will give you an illustration of a type of person she is. She was like, all right, enough of this nonsense. She grabbed me and she put me in the front and she pushed me off. So I literally almost drowned. But that's kind of the environment that I grew up in was like, you're going to jump into the fire. And that's how you learn, not by reading a book, but by literally falling on your face over and over again. So I honestly say that rejections and doing the scary thing has literally made my career. And that's really what I try to tell my community as well is everything you want is on the other side of the send button. I love that. What a powerful catchphrase. Gloria, can you share more about your three-step process? Because I think everyone's interest is probably super peaked, including mine. So a lot of people are like, well, you need to know the journalist or maybe like, what's the right time to pitch? It's really not rocket science, right? Your life is sales. I'm pitching to you right now. It's just having a value-driven conversation to draw a bridge between you and whoever that person is, right? So it could be a pitch to the editor. It could be a pitch to do an Instagram live with someone who has a lot of followers. That's going to open up opportunities for your business. So all the pitches that I sent, I started to pick up on patterns. And I realized that when my pitch, which usually in the form of an email, but it can also be spoken on the phone, but People are afraid to get on the phone, but it has these three elements and CPR stands for credibility, point of view and relevance. So if your pitch has one sentence about why you're in the position to pitch, and by the way, you don't need accolades. You don't need to be super credible. It could be, I am a female founder, right? That's it. That's your credibility. Or I am a mompreneur, right? That's your credibility. P in CPR stands for point of view. So maybe the pitch is, hey, as we transition into the fall and winter season, I have three tips to share for your audience for like skincare, for eczema, for whatever it is, right? If you're a skincare founder, if you are someone who is a therapist, it could be three ways to overcome imposter syndrome or three things you might not know. Whatever it is, it could be data, it could be predictions. You want to have a point of view because experts have point of view. The whole point of pitching to an editor is saying, I'm not selling you anything. 
because most people make this mistake. They're like, feature me. We want to be in your magazine. And the editor's like, well, then you should go buy an ad. So in order to bypass that, you need to position yourself, not as someone that's selling something, but someone who has an opinion, someone who has insight, right? And so that's where the point of view comes from. And the last part of CPR stands for relevance. It's the most important part of the pitch. It tells the editor, you know, and you give a crap about the world we live in now. So if you're pitching something about education, maybe it's something about kind of what we've been through in the last, you know, 12, 16 months, right? If you are in wellness, it could be something else that's going on. So there's so many things that are changing in this world, whether it's from a policy point of view or consumer behavior or the way that we relate to each other, you want to make it relevant. So whether it's like if you're in e-commerce, it might be something about Black Friday and seasonal hiring. If you're a career coach, right? It might be something about graduation and the three best skills to have this year that are different from last year. How can you tie it to something that's timely? And we have to always remember that these outlets are always looking for content, right? Like they need the people to come. That's what they do, right? But it, oh, I think a lot of women feel like, oh, I don't want to bother anyone. And they're not, I'm not enough to go and do that. Or I'm not experienced enough. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between what you've seen with women and men when it comes to pitching and getting out there and working, cold calling or reaching out to media outlets? Do you, have you seen a difference? You know, it's so funny. I think a lot of times studies have shown us that, and you've read this, like men might be, you know, 50% qualified and they're like, I'm ready. Whereas women want to be 100% qualified, but women are the most tenacious people I've ever met because my community is 90% female founders and they are scrappy and they're more innovative than their male counterparts. So they're really open to doing things differently. They just have to get out of their own way Mm -hmm. a lot of times, right? So I don't work with anyone that has any fancy connections or lots of money because they probably want to hire an agency. Literally every single person I work with is doing all of the work of rolling up their sleeves, wearing multiple hats, wondering, is this for me? Or I only have $500 this month. How am I going to like allocate it? And so a big part of what I do is mindset. It's not just PR because I can tell you how to send a pitch all day, but if you're not going to press send, if you're not going to follow up, then it's not going to get anywhere. Mm -hmm. Gloria, I'm curious about that follow-up piece. In terms of what you recommend for your clients, how much follow-up does it really take for them to get coverage? How many times do you recommend that people follow up before they give up on a pitch? Well, I will say we have attention less than a goldfish and journalists are even more bombarded with pitches. And so I haven't had anyone get featured like without a follow-up. I mean, obviously it happens, but I actually interview a lot of journalists on my podcast, the Small Business PR podcast. And one of the journalists who writes for like Forbes and Refinery, and she's like, you know, I always get great emails, but I'm like in the middle of lunch or I'm walking my dog. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, this is so good. But then this person doesn't follow up. And so I forget them, right? So journalists are reading your emails just because they don't respond to you, it doesn't mean that they're not going to get tasked with writing an article about something you can talk about maybe two months from now, and they're going to go back to their email. So I think it's part luck, also like you know being in the right place at the right time, and then also a good pitch. So you want to have a good pitch, but you want to keep staying top of mind. So I like to say, Email is great, but you want to follow up on social media. So for example, like LinkedIn is such an underutilized resource because not many founders have the guts to really like connect with a journalist on LinkedIn. So if you actually do that in a way that's like, hey, I love your coverage on retail trends. We are launching this new thing. We have some new data. Would love to be a resource. I sent you an email two days ago titled this. Let me know if you haven't received it. Boom, it does two things, right? It adds you to their network and it tells them to actually go back and check their email. So it does two things. Mm -hmm. I know our audience very well. And I bet you a lot of them are like, I would love to do that, but I am not a big enough company or established enough. Like what size of companies do you work with? Like how small are they? 
I will say that the best case study I had, Tunisia Simone, is someone who was crowdfunding for an idea. She wanted to build a gym during COVID and she was literally crowdfunding. So not only did she have no customers, no physical space, not launched, nothing. She's Yeah, negative. She used my methods and overcame her mindset blocks and kept pitching about ways the wellness industry can be more inclusive, right? Because she comes from the wellness industry and she's young. She's like in her 20s, not like she has 30 years of experience. She kept pushing and she ended up getting on shape, time, bustle, pop sugar, well and Mm -hmm. good club industry, wallpaper. And then not only was her crowdfunding thing funded, she also then won a $25,000 grant from American Express. So that's still today, like my best case study. Wow. So the point though, is if you are a single entrepreneur, like a solo person, you can still use these methods, right? You don't have to be a startup. You don't have to have a team of 10 or that kind of size, multi-million dollar company. Yeah. No one I work with has that. And, and, you know, I, I will say I've asked this question over and over to podcast hosts and journalists, and they all say, it doesn't really matter if someone pitches by themselves or with the PR person in between. And honestly, why not just remove the friction? Like if you're a journalist, you're going to want to talk to the CEO anyway. So let's just remove the PR middleman, right? right? So if you can't afford a PR person, it doesn't make it less. Like I just got a podcast pitch today from someone that's like, I am pitching on behalf of my father. And I literally wrote back, I'm like, does your father not pitch for himself? Like I'm trying to rewire the way people think that they need to have like a fancy agent because we're all staying at home. No one's really meeting anyone. So your chance of getting in to someone's inbox is just as good as the next person. And guess what? Journalism is not dead. So you have a shot if you have a point of view, if you have something interesting to say, just go and shoot your shot. Mm-hmm. Gloria, I have a question for you. So if you have a small business and you come up with this pitch, so you have a story angle or you have something really relevant that's going on, like how many publications or journalists do you recommend reaching out to as a first round in order to try to get coverage? I always say quality over quantity. So a lot of times people are pitching to like editor at vogue.com or those trash emails like editorial at BuzzFeed. Those people are not reading your email and the editor at Vogue, they're busy, honey. They're doing their own book tour, right? So being very specific with the exact person that covers your beat, whether it's the sustainability editor or the person who covers women's apparel, that is a first step, right? And if, if you want to know how to find a journalist, you can sign up for HARO, which stands for help a reporter out. If you go onto my website, Gloria Chow PR, that's C-H-O-U-P-R.com. I have a training on how you can hack it. And also like social media. So follow hashtags on Twitter, follow hashtags on LinkedIn and start building your own media list. Now, obviously in my paid program, I have all the media lists for you, but you can start to kind of hack this on your own. That is secondary. What's more important is having a good pitch. And I think a lot of people try to overstuff their pitch. They write like, 10 paragraphs, the whole story about their hero journey. They put all these attachments, which just triggers a spam filter. So I say the journalist is second, but if you have a good pitch and there's no limit to the amount of times you can keep pitching that. When somebody works for you, you are teaching them to do this themselves. Is that correct? Like you're so, not doing all, all of it for them. So I do. So in my program, I have literally fill in the blank pitching templates that have gotten me onto 30 plus podcasts. I'm literally giving you what I've done because I never had anyone to do it for me either. Again, I don't know any journalists, right? But yet I've been able to get featured. I've been able to have hundreds of success stories. Like today, I just got a DM saying, thanks to your CPR method, we got featured in Thrive. I don't even know this person, right? So that's the biggest like mindset shift is you do not need to be anywhere in your business. 
you're not selling to the journalist. You just need to have a point of view. You don't need contact. So that's, that's number one. And number two is if you're busy, you don't have to send out all these emails. You can hire a paid intern or a virtual assistant at a pretty decent hourly rate, and they can send out all the emails. But the beauty of it is that you own the relationships. You can see who's opening your emails. You can install an email tracking device instead of paying an agency 10 grand a month for like three meetings a month. So it's just a different way of owning your PR. Gloria, I'm curious how you feel about content creation and its relationship to PR. So it seems like one of the things I've always been most confused about is like how much we should be blogging ourselves. Like how relevant is that for a journalist or a publication to be able to go and look at your own content that you've created on your own platforms versus say, I just have an idea or I have like a small brand and I'm just going out and pitching and selling. Like where, where is that balance? I also file that under limiting beliefs that stop us from pitching. A lot of the people that I work with, probably over 90% of them, they don't have anyone working with them, right? So they have a small Instagram, they have a small following. I had someone who makes like lipsticks at home and she had, I think she had 110 followers on Instagram and she used my CPR method and got on the front page of Cosmo, right? So it doesn't mean that like you need to have a following, but yeah, like they'll probably Google you. Maybe they won't, you know? So it, I don't feel like it has to be a requirement. Another question I get a lot is, oh, well, my item is on pre-order or it's waitlisted. And it's like, I don't think the journalist really cares about your fulfillment process. You know, that's another thing that's stopping you. Obviously, if you wanted to get into a gift guide, which right now we're in Q4, you might want to tell the editor if you're pitching for a gift guide, like where it's available and the link to it. But I feel like that's just all like things that are extra. It's not as important as getting the pitch like super dialed in. That's um, super helpful. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I, I expected you to say that, but it's really helpful. Sandy, do you have anything else or should we dive into Joy and Hustle? Joy and Hustle. All right. So Gloria, at the end of every episode, we ask our guests to share something that's bringing you joy in your life right now, whether it's a candle or a book or a hike or a movie or anything like that. And then a tool that can help our listeners hustle in their career or business. So a big joy of mine is I recently just two of you following your lead as I've launched my podcast. And so hosting a podcast and learning how to do that and getting amazing female entrepreneurs, that has been a big source of joy for me, even though it's a lot of learning. It's learning I like to do. And in terms of hustle is if anybody wants to see an actual pitch using the CPR method, word for word, a pitch that actually got featured on Fast Company, watch my PR Secrets Masterclass. This is a free step-by-step class where I break down what to say in the subject line, how to put the email of the body in a very action-packed, like 30-minute class. And you can watch that. And then I have a lot of people who just watch that. And actually, like I said today, who got on Thrive, who got on all these things. So do yourself a favor. If you're at least a little bit interested at the CPR method and how I can work for you, go to gloriachowpr.com slash masterclass. And my last name is C-H-O-U. Awesome. Yeah, we will both check that out too. Thank you so much, Gloria. Super packed with great information, learned a lot. And where can people... So you've mentioned your website and you have a podcast. And what's the name of the podcast again? It's called Small Business PR Podcast. Okay. And anywhere else you want to direct people to? I'm also on Instagram. If you want to DM me the word pitch, I can give you a free gift for listening, which is my podcast template. And all you have to do is fill in the blank. And hopefully you'll be able to share your message on a podcast as well. She knows what she's doing this one. I love it. (laughs) At Gloria Chow PR. Thank you so much, Gloria. 
Hey, before you go, if you enjoy listening to our podcast and you know that your future involves teaching or coaching online, check out our inner circle experience. It's where we take these concepts, women in business, money, online business strategy, mindset, feminism, and help our clients take their expertise and transition it to an online offering. It's a one-year program with high touch strategy and mindset coaching, online business courses, and the best community on the internet. To apply, head over to theinnercircle.works, fill out our short two-minute application, and if we believe you're a great fit, you'll receive access to a private advanced training on creating a profitable online business and all the program details. Go to theinnercircle.works to learn more.